a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere... This week on the Pete the Planner Show, I'm coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, as the Spring Road Show continues. Uh, joining me, as always, in studio is Millennial Producer Nicole. Hello, Millennial Producer Nicole. Hi, Pete. You're about a week away from Millennial Fest. I am. Six days. We leave in six uh, days. Coachella. For those that don't know what Coachella is, it's a place where people go sweat and listen to house music. Is that true? Um, for lack of a better term, yeah. I'd say okay. so. A quick little it's synopsis. It's a nightmare. Um, it, <laughs> it sounds like a horrible thing. By the way, um, Millennial Producer Nicole, I will not see you by the time you leave because I will be going to another city. But I have a special surprise gift for you next week. So I will be giving that to you Oh, next my gosh. Before you leave. Wow. Uh, so this week on the show, we're going to talk about my favorite thing. You have a guess what it is? No. Well, fishing? No. Self-control? No, we're going to talk numbers. <laughs> See, my next guest was going to be the hot ham and cheese from across the street. Oh, it's a delicious sandwich. This week, we are talking numbers. So often in our financial lives, I talk about how it's a, not about numbers, that it's about behavior and self-control and hot ham and cheeses and things like that. But today, we're going to talk about why your financial life actually is about numbers. And if you are not using numbers, how, well, you're doing it wrong. So uh, for those that have listened to our show for a very long time, who listen on our podcast, today we're revisiting my favorite number, my favorite metric, and that is power percentage. Nicole, it feels like uh, it's been about a year since we've talked about power percentage. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't, I don't think I've been on the radio with you to discuss power percentage yet. Really? You weren't yeah. around for the power percentage discussion? No, not yet. I think the first like big topic that you and I dove into on the radio was um, the chart of how you think you're doing versus how you're actually doing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Time flies when, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> when we're doing so, stuff. So let, let's step back for a second and, and we'll, uh, you know, as people are listening now, I, I ask them, I ask you, I ask everyone involved to simply Self-evaluate your financial life right now with a simple, uh, is it going well or is it going poorly? And those are your only two choices, all right? So, Nicole, you have to do the same thing here. And yes. you don't have to answer out loud, by the way, because, <laughs> I mean, if you want to. It, it is a radio show. It is. Uh, so are you doing well or are you doing poorly? Everyone lock in your answers. There's no in-between, no sitting on the fence. You can't say, well, it's okay, because that that's where we get in trouble. You know, I, I think... That's where people are challenged financially is they don't want to, well, for lack of a better term, call a spade a spade. They don't want to say, yeah, things aren't going well. Because the second they do that, they feel like they've lost, they feel like a loser, and they feel like they've sort of failed at life. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No. I mean, I had to do the same thing about a month and a half or so ago as I started taking on a car payment and paying down some debts that I needed to take care of. And my budget decreased significantly. So I had to tighten some things in because I had to come to the realization of I had cash, but I wasn't doing well with what I was working with. Uh, how many 
payments have you made now? Two or three? Um, I just made my third. Oh, gosh. Car payments. Good times. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to self-evaluate today. We're going to talk about the metrics for our financial life that do not work well, the metric that does work well, and most importantly, how to change it. See, I love numbers, Nicole, because they allow us to measure change. If you don't quantify your behavior, because we do talk about behavior on here a lot. Yeah, we do. But if you don't put a number to it, then it's just a feeling. And whereas feelings are, are sometimes nice, um, how, how do you change, how do you measure a change in feeling? You know? Right? Yeah. You, the numbers will always steer you straight in the face. Your numbers won't lie to you. See, what most people do with their financial lives is they say it's good or bad based on their mood or stress level or, or sort of like the old, uh, well, things are going pretty well right now. You know, have you ever, yeah. have you ever said that about your life? Oh, things are going pretty well. Yeah. And it's also things are going well because there was a moment where I was in a, you know, in a financial position where I wasn't necessarily having to totally think every time I slid my card of what I was spending money on. And for that, you know, brief moment, I was like, yeah, things are good because I wasn't having to totally be aware of what I was spending money on. But that's Yeah. The weird part about that is that doesn't mean your financial life was good. Right. Yeah. That was the thing is I then stepped back and I was like, I was wasting so much money just because of con the convenience factor of so many things is I had the cash. I knew I had the cash. So why not just take advantage and make things easier on myself? In the world in which we live, and by we, I mean you and me and our, all of our coworkers, the world of financial wellness, there's this big push. I mean, there's a, often a talk about financial stress levels and how they're too high and they need to come down and, and stress is the issue. But to some degree, I would argue that stress is the solution yeah. because stress is um, indicative of something going wrong your mind reacting to it and saying, hey, man, man, this habit is not sustainable. You got to figure something out. So if you try to get rid of the stress without treating the actual problem, like, you know, many people want you to do, then, then you're going to end up in trouble. That's how overdraft protection exists. That's how, um, you know, well, you've got a great credit score, so you should be fine. Don't be stressed because you can always borrow money. Like these are all sort of false fronts that that we shouldn't go after. So, so succinctly, which too late for that, <laughs> I would say the first measure that stinks that people often use to measure their financial life is, um, mood, right? Yeah, no. I mean, it was one of those, that's one of the great things about the transparency of this radio show is even though I do work in the financial wellness world, I just went through this. Like yeah. the stress is what made me sit back and reevaluate how much money I was spending and what I was spending money on. Because to look at your bank account and to know you have money, but feel like you don't have anything is like one of the most stressful things in the whole world. Yeah. And that's where I think, you know, I don't get moody about my, my financial life. I get moody about our company finances. Yeah. You know, the, the nature of having mouths to feed uh, from that perspective and, and, and getting business. But I would say this, that the more stress I have uh, about finances, the more I'm paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I don't have stress, um, sometimes it's because I'm ignoring reality, right? Right. Yeah. 
So that's number one. Number one way that we don't want people to measure their financial life is based on mood or stress. Now, what's weird here at our company, we used to ask people all the time as we help them evaluate their lives, we, we used to say, you know, what's your stress level right now? And I was really big into that. And I, to some degree, I feel like we pioneered that 10 years ago. But I just, I just don't know if I care anymore what someone's stress level is because I don't think it tells us anything. No, no matter if you, if you have any amount of stress, that's contributing to something. No matter what. Yeah, I mean, I would think, and this is the, the lamest metaphor of all time, and our show may get canceled because of this metaphor. Yeah. But it's the old no pain, no gain. Like, if you if you work out and you're sore after your workout, that's a good thing, you know? Yeah, low-key. <laughs> I took the stairs up this morning, and I've been running again lately, and stairs are hard right now. And even though I'm sore, I love being sore because I know that that's an afterproduct of me taking care of myself and working out. So being on the road uh, here again this week, uh, <gasps> this morning, Nicole, I went to uh, a soul cycle class yes. at 7 a.m. Oh my gosh, how was it? Well, once again, I was the youngest, or pardon me, I was <laughs> the oldest. I was you were the, the oldest, oldest, least attractive person in the room. So that was a good time. Are you going to get into cycling? Um, I was into cycling back in the day, but uh, let's see to her nor there. I think I so know someone in do. case you are. We're gonna, I will, we will take a break. I will come back. I will dazzle you with a story from SoulCycle. Actually, I've got a great story. I was at a a mixer. What do you call those? Like a little um, business networking thing? I don't know why I'm in Philadelphia. That's what happened last night. I've got a good story from that. <laughs> we'll talk about two other ways, three other ways that you should not evaluate your financial life that oddly enough, Nicole, these are the three main ways that people evaluate their financial health. So we'll talk about those next. In the third segment, we'll talk about the best way to measure your financial health, all that and more here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing. Log on. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in, camouflaged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Back on uh, the Pete the Planner show here, Road Edition. We're in Philadelphia again. Uh, I don't know how many more road shows do we have left, Nicole. I, I've got Chicago next week, and then I'm gonna look Phoenix the week after. I don't know. Anyway, I'm on the road. Nicole's back in studio. Okay, Nicole, listen. Have you ever been in a situation where, like, one of your muscles just starts contracting? You know, like your yes. bicep or yes. your quad or something like that. Yes. Oh my God, I did a pure bar class last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. One and done. So it, it just twitches uncontrollably, right? Yeah, and they were like encouraging me. They're like, "That's a great thing. You're working so hard." And I'm like, "I don't feel like this is a good thing." So last night, why I'm in Philadelphia, I was at this cocktail hour meeting people, and I'm speaking here today. <laughs> um, I get an involuntary muscle twitch going on as I'm standing there talking to people, and it's super noticeable, oh, and no. it won't go away. Oh, my God. And it's my right buttock. <gasps> yeah. I'm sitting there just twerking. <laughs> I, it was the strangest 
thing that's ever, ever happened to me. I, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm, I'm standing there. Oh, my and, gosh, Pete. And my seat oh, is just moving. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing ever. You just got a lot of joy deep down in your heart, you know? I don't know. I People were looking at me. I was like, look, man, when you got to shake it, you got to shake it. All right, so we're talking about <laughs> bad ways to measure your financial life. First one was our stress level, which we think is a good way, but it's not. But it's not. Um, uh, mood is part of that too. But the second way, now this is where it gets a little tricky. A lot of people feel like they have debt, if they have debt, that their financial life is bad. And, and I will say, and we tiptoe around this idea sometimes, uh, in the financial wellness world, there, there are certain um, influential people who uh, who have put it out there that if you have debt, that is bad. And I just don't, I don't believe that, I guess. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I do. If you have debt and you're paying off your debt, that's great. That's exactly what we want. If you have debt and you're not paying off your debt, that's bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, what are you doing with that money instead? What's more important that that money is using? I got questions. Yeah. I mean, from a net worth perspective, so net worth is an important measure in our financial lives. It's our assets minus our debts. And that gives us our net worth. If you're paying off your debt, that has the same impact on your net worth as saving money would. So every time you pay off $500 in debt, to a degree, it's like putting $500 in, in the bank from, from a net worth perspective. So um, that is to say, if you're listening to this show right now and you have a lot of debt and you're not paying off your debt, well, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, things aren't going well. You can you can go ahead and, you know, uh, a hash mark in the things aren't good category. <laughs> however, 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 you were getting there, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Every time I say however now, it doesn't matter where I am. I just say however in my however. head. However, if you have debt and you're paying off your debt, fantastic. Like, that's what that's what we want. That's a, a very good behavior. So, um, so debt is not a good measure of your financial health. Now, it's a good snapshot of, of your, your current stability. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the difference here, I think, is there's a difference to me between healthy behaviors and current snapshot of stability. Mm-hmm. If I have no savings account right now, uh, and this is a hypothetical, by the way, uh, if I uh, had no savings account, that's bad from a stability standpoint, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm exhibiting poor behaviors right now. Yeah, I, it's interesting. Actually, we just were doing some courses the other day for our online platform. And it's talking a lot about debt pay down or breaking your cycle of paycheck to paycheck. And the whole concept of net worth and even if you're paying down debts and, you know, you feel like you're scrounging for cash, that's not necessarily a bad thing because you're taking care of your what sh- what needs to be your priorities. Yeah, you know, I like to think of it this way. Uh, it's bad metaphor. We need a like a buzzer or something for bad metaphors. I, that's on back order with the cough button. The cough button. It will actually, here's bad metaphor horn. <laughs> okay, there's the. There it is. I like uh, that. <laughs> and I think we've talked about it recently. You know, when when you when you shrink your stomach, like if you're trying to change your eating habits, and you stop eating so many foods that expand your stomach, things like rice or or things that that really physically make your stomach big, and and then your stomach physically shrinks and then it takes less food 
to satisfy you. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. With with your money, when you're trying to get out of debt, it's the same thing because you you stop spending so much money, you put it towards the debt. But then the great part about this is you're able to shrink your stomach. You're but you're able to require less to live on. Yeah. Because you have to pay off the debt. Oh my gosh, no, this is exactly. It's funny. This is what I've been working through for probably the past three or four weeks to just get like my a stability standpoint is I've really pulled back on a lot of you know little minor things that I spend money on. And now going into the second half, if you will, of our, this paycheck, I have more money than I've had left over going into the second half than I have since I've started paying down this second part of my debt. You have shrunk your stomach, young lady. I have. I've shrunk my stomach. It feels uh, good. It wasn't easy. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Did you, you have something? No, it wasn't easy, but it feels good. I'm drinking some Swedish coffee this morning. <gasps> How's that? I don't know. Your man friend would be interested. It's... uh. Conditori with a K. Conditori. Oh, huh. Swedish, Swedish espresso bar. I don't know. It was across the street from the Conditori. hotel. All right. So the third way we don't want people to evaluate their financial life is savings. Isn't that a weird one? Like you, you'd think, oh, I got six months savings. I'm good to go. I'm healthy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who knows how you got the savings? Your, your savings really is more indicative of what you did in the past. Yeah. Has nothing to do with, with the now. I mean, a tax refund could have given your savings. An inheritance could have given your savings. Your, a gift. I mean, you could be spinning your savings down. Like if you have six months of savings and you feel good, but it used to be 12 months of savings, that's bad. That, that is the opposite of good. And here, as a, as a former financial advisor, before, of course, I was kicked out of the industry for a Ponzi scheme. I, I'm just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was a joke. Um, I wanted you to just form, let that as a go. As financial advisor, what we would find people would do that had a lot of, of normal savings, just bank savings, it would create complacency for them. They would say, you know, I'm, I'm prepared for just about anything because of this level of savings. And oftentimes it, it doesn't push them forward towards new and important goals. You know what I mean? I do. Sorry, I'm processing this, but yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I almost came up with another bad metaphor, but I kept that one in the holster. Oh, you did? Yeah. Maybe another And finally, time. The, the final way we don't want people to self-evaluate their finances, and this one's a little tricky because it's pretty natural, income. Yeah. Income. Yeah. Once you make above living wage, which I encourage anyone listening to go Google MIT, that's Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, Living Wage Calculator, maybe on the podcast page for this episode. Nicole, can you link that up? I sure can. Nothing like giving you more work before you go on vacation. <laughs> um, yeah, so go find out what your living wage in your area is. So you type in what your zip code is or basically what county you live in, and then you find out, do you make above living wage? If you make above living wage which is basically what it takes to survive in the county in which you live in whatever state in which you're in with the number of people in your household. If you make above living wage, your income doesn't matter. And it, it is not representative of your financial health. However, if you make below living wage, then, well, very frankly, you're in trouble and there's not a, a lot you can do. So don't measure your financial health 
based on your income. It's a natural thing to do. Oh, I make a hundred thousand dollars. I'm, I'm fine. No, you're not. Cause it's really about what you keep and, and what you spend as opposed to what you make. Now, Nicole, we got to take a break. We do. Coming up after the break, we're going to hit power percentage, the actual good way to measure your financial health. I'm Pete the Planner. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, Naptown, yeah. Yeah, y'all ain't hip yet. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of all player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me every Indiana game. Grew up around the country. Back on the Pete the Planner Show. Road edition. Coming to you live from a hotel room in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, so this spring I'm doing a series of road shows because, well... That is my life. All right, Nicole, let's talk about the best way to measure your financial health. On this show, we often talk about how it's all about behavior. And as we said earlier in this show, it's about measuring that behavior, measuring the change in the behavior. Therefore, we have to take behaviors, quantify those behaviors, and then find the changes in the quantification, change in the numbers. So that's what we're going to do right now. We call it power percentage. Here's what it measures. A number one. It measures how efficient a person is with their income, no matter what their income is, as long as it's above living wage. Okay? Mm-hmm. Number two, it sniffs out lifestyle creep. One of the big issues that a lot of people have is as their income evolves uh, and, and improves oftentimes, their lifestyle increases as well. And, and we call that lifestyle creep because your lifestyle just keeps creeping up as your income increases. And you rarely notice that that is happening, which oddly enough makes us less stable. We can earn more money and be further away from our retirement goals because of lifestyle creep. So power percentage sniffs out lifestyle creep. Number three thing it does is it rewards people for paying off debt. You know, if, if right now, Nicole, if you're paying off debt, which I know you are, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not, and I'm saving money, from a net worth perspective, what we're both doing is the same thing. And so, therefore, power percentage will will measure that behavior effectively. If you're paying $200 off of your debt every month, and I'm putting $200 into my kid's college fund, uh, those are both equally healthy behaviors. And they should be rewarded uh, in an equal way. And power percentage, again, will let us do that. Uh, Fourth thing, I think we're on number four uh, that it does, is it encourages wise financing. So if you're going to purchase a home, if that's in your cards or if that's in your life and that's what you want to do, there's a smart way to do it. And then whatever the opposite of smart is, there's that way to do it too. There's that way as well. (laughs) And, And so we want to encourage homeownership when appropriate. And I think the best way to do that is to measure your power percentage 
uh, in accordance with your mortgage payment. And then finally, the last thing I think is number five. I'm actually keeping track of numbers pretty well today. You like the numbers, Pete? I do, but sometimes when I do these lists, I'll, I'll go uh, number two, and then I'll go and C. You know, I switch back between numbers and letters. And letters. It's hard. So, so anyway, point E here is it creates financial independence. So we talk about it a lot on this show. My goal personally, and this is me, and if you want to think I'm projecting, that's fine. My goal personally is to not need money. It's not to have a lot of money. It's to not need money. And that doesn't mean I'm cheap. I'm certainly not cheap. But it's to say I don't want to be so dependent on a lot of money. I was at a dinner last night with some folks that do okay financially, right? And I'm saying that based on their incomes. But I can tell you, having done this for a really long time, there was probably people at that dinner who don't have a lot of great financial behaviors because they look at their incomes and say, wow, make, make, a, make a, lot, a, lot, a lot of money. We're okay. No, you're not. No, you're not. Surprise. No. If you're dependent on that money, especially if it's a lot of money, that's really bad. So power percentage will allow us to sniff that out. Okay, so here's, how the, here's the calculation. If uh, you're listening along at home right now, I encourage you to grab something to write with, grab something to write on. Uh, and get started. And maybe a calculator. I don't know what you, I don't know how your mind works, but <laughs> calculator, phone, tablet. Sure. You remember when phones made calls? You remember that? <sighs> Seems like such a long time ago. My phone kind of stinks at making calls. Mine did too. Before I got a new one, that was the one thing that I think my phone was the worst at was making phone calls. Can you imagine if you had a calculator? Just, just it was just a calculator, <laughs> and you were like. This thing cannot subtract very well. <laughs> what What is its use anymore? Yeah, or you got a camera, you're like, this thing cannot capture images. What? What? But it can send a text. Yeah, this, this camera, it can play Tetris. <laughs> Did you see that Apple might be making a foldable phone again? No, really? Yeah, and the Razer. I think our VP told me that Motorola might release the Razer again. Man, what what is weird? Old is new again. Is that what they say? Right. I I mean, I guess history does repeat itself, but that feels a little extreme. Those razors were indestructible, though. Here's the calculation for power percentage. So I'm going to give you a list of activities. Do you like how we bounce back and forth yes, between benign conversation and financial stuff? Maybe that's why people listen. I was going to say this is just the conversations that we have in passing. Yeah. That we don't get to have. So now we just have them here instead. So what I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a list of activities, and I want you to write down the numbers, the dollar amounts that represent your activities on a monthly basis. Okay, so I'm going to say this again. The numbers you're writing down are monthly dollar amounts. The first one is what you put in your retirement plan at work. Now, here's your temptation. You're going to say, oh, I put in 6%. I don't care. That's not a percentage. I need a dollar amount on a monthly basis. You're going to have to do the math. If that 6% translates into 325 bucks, then write down 325 bucks on a monthly basis. And you also need to write down, I sound a little bit like a tough guy right now. Do, do I sound like a tough guy? A little bit. I feel like a tough guy. That's because I'm in Philly. You big, right. strong mans. I'm a big, strong mans. Um, also write down what your, your employer puts into your plan, okay? So if your employer puts in 4%, 
do the math and figure out what that dollar amount is and write those down. Okay. So, so far what we're writing down is what you put in your retirement plan and what your employer puts in your retirement plan. Have you, are you following me, Nicole? I am following you, Pete. If you weren't, that would be a big problem because it's sort of part of your job. <laughs> like, you know, I do. Uh, is, I'm a tough guy today. What did SoulCycle do to you? Did you, did you eat vegetables again? No, I had some, uh, I, at the Swedish coffee place, I grabbed some cold overnight soaked oats. Oh. They've got honey and chia seeds. I feel basically like a pony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a little pony. You're just my little pony. My little pony. Little okay, cutie. so next thing on the list is other savings and investments on a monthly basis. This can be... Deposits in your savings account, deposits in a college fund, deposits in a Roth IRA or traditional IRA, any of them, monthly dollar amount. Now, here's what you can't do. If you're saving money for a vacation, don't put it on there. And if you're saving money on a monthly basis for the holidays, don't put it on there. This is only for money that has no purpose other than emergencies. Does that make sense? Yes. Because if you were to put that in there... That's a, not an accurate representation because you're just going to pull that money right back out then to use for a vacation, right? Yeah, it's sort of premeditated spending. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Um, third thing you're going to put on the list is if you have a mortgage payment, the amount of your mortgage payment on a monthly basis, dollars, that goes to actually pay back the loan, right? So as most people know, when you make a mortgage payment, your payment splits into a few pieces. Some of it goes to pay back the loan. Some of it goes to pay interest, which is the cost of borrowing. Some goes to pay property taxes and insurance, depending on how your mortgage is set up. All I'm interested in is the amount of your loan that is paid back in a one month period. And if you happen to pay extra, you get to write that down too, okay? So, so far, employer deposits, your own deposits into your retirement plan, other savings and investments, and then the mortgage principal payment. Next, uh, debt payments. Any debt payments, Nicole? Oh, I got those. Any any debt payments <laughs> except car payments. Yeah, no, not my car payments. However, I do have my debt payments. You cannot have transportation payments written down here, but you can have student loan payments. You can have credit cards you're not using. You can have money you owe a family member. You can have medical debt payments. Basically, anything that makes your net worth go up because you're reducing a debt. Again, do not include credit card payments and credit cards you're using. Like if you're that person that's like, oh, I got points, I get points, I get cash back and points, and you do that, and as you can imagine right now, I'm doing something weird with my hands oh, when I yes. go points. <laughs> if, you're, if you're the point person... Don't you cannot include those point payments because we're trying to reduce debt, not be a travel hacker. <laughs> That's what that voice. It's so true, though. I love it. I mean, and it's kudos to people who think that they're beating the system by getting their points. Some people are, but not many. But like at what cost, you know? Lots of trips to Red Lobster. Ooh, the Cheddar Bay Biscuits, though. You're going to go see Beyonce at uh, Coachella. You know, I'm hoping one day I earn a trip to Red Lobster from her. <laughs> All right. Gonna, so here's what we're going to do. At, uh, after the break, we're going to come back. I'm going to tell you how what to do with all these numbers you just wrote down and how it calculates your power percentage. We'll also do biggest waste of money 
of the week. It's the Philly on the road uh, in Pen- the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, edition of the Pete the Planner show. I am Pete the Planner. Day, living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. This lays great errors to rest. Let me remain calm. Back on the Pete the Plan show, Philly Road Edition here. Finishing up power percentage, how to calculate it, how to measure your financial health, but most importantly, how to watch your behavior change over time and how to, how to measure that. So for the break, we gave you all the activities you need to add up. Those activities include your monthly deposits into your retirement plan at work, the monthly deposits that your employer makes on your behalf, any other savings investments that you make on a monthly basis, the amount of your principal on your mortgage that is paid back on a monthly basis, and finally, any other debt payments you make on a monthly basis, add all those things up and then divide that number by your gross monthly income. Nicole, so I'm going to explain what that means because some people are going to go, you mean what? net? No, I mean, I mean gross. So no, here's how I mean gross. <laughs> let's say $60,000 a year. Let's say that is your salary before taxes, before everything. And that means your gross monthly income is 60000 divided by 12, as in 12 months, which gives you $5,000 a month of gross <clears throat> monthly income. So let's say hypothetically that your monthly activities all add up to $1,000. Those are those monthly activities we talked about. They equal $1,000. So take that $1,000 and divide it by $5,000 hypothetically. So $1,000 divided by $5,000 equals 0.2. And Nicola's middle school mathematics taught us, what is point two? 20%. That's correct. Were you a little Yay, bit nervous? That, I was. You know, I, I, I was can't lie. For a different answer. It's math. Yeah, I know. 20%. Now, that is your power percentage. In that, this example, this hypothetical example, that, that is your power percentage. Let's go through the key because without a key, how do you know what 20% is, Right. Right. Now, I don't have time to split hairs here, so I'm just going to come out and say it. If your power percentage is below 10% and you are a working person and you make above living wage, if your power percentage is below 10%, you are – did you hear that train horn that I just did. happened? I did. I wondered hear? what that was at first. Oh, my gosh. I, I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, if you're below 10%, you're a ticking time bomb. That is very bad. <laughs> you're a ticking time bomb. You are. Like <laughs> – you not only, I, I don't know about your stability, right? I don't know whether you have savings or whatever, but I just know from a behavior standpoint, not good. You're way too dependent on your income. So 10% or below, very bad. Uh, 11 to 20%, it's okay. It's okay. 21 to 34% is good. If your power percentage is between 21 and 34. Then finally, 
Your power percentage is above 35%. I love it. I'm so excited. I want to fist bump you. That's that's just where we touch each other's fists. Yeah, not 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 to be weird or anything. Yeah, at the end of that the cycling class thing I went to this morning, they're like, fist bump the person next to you. And I've got a big old sweaty fist. Oh. Did your sweaty fist meet someone else's sweaty fist? They did, and I felt like I don't know. I felt like I was on Tinder or something. It was very weird. <laughs> All right. So that's power percentage. If you missed any part of this show and you're like, what? I just tuned in. First of all, what are you doing with your life? What else is Why someone doing at us? four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon? Or on demand on podcast. Go to PeteThePlanner.com, find our podcast, uh, and listen to this episode. Do we know what number of episode this is? Do you have any idea, Nicole? This will be, I just did episode, I want to say 241. So this will probably be 243. Okay, sure. Yeah, find episode 243 and listen to the whole show. All right, this week, wait, (laughs) I can't talk. This week's biggest waste of money of the week is actually a good use of money of the week. Nicole, you know, last week I did Disneyland as a family. Yeah, you did. Oh, your pictures were great. I survived. Um, I got out of my own head, which is hard for me to do sometimes because I hate the following things. Crowds. Lines. Parking issues. <laughs> and traffic. And Disney is and, all and, and I don't have a great affection for Disney. Uh, I don't love them or hate them. I just, who cares, right? So, but I swallowed my pride. And I was an actual good parent. And I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Well, and your kids are finally at a good age, too, where it's you don't have to hold them or carry them at some point during the day or worry about a stroller. Everyone's self-sufficient. So So the best use of money is my wife got fast passes. Uh, Do you know about these? Yes, I do. Well, with two two other of our coworkers going to Disney as well. So for an additional $10 per person, so that's 40 for the family, we were able to choose four rides in which you just cut everybody in line. Yeah, that's that's a good use of money. I mean, I mean, okay, if I hate lines more than anything, the ability to not stand in line is worth way more than $40 to me. Yeah. That's like paying uh, eight bucks for great. Wi-Fi on like a four or five hour flight. Like that's so worth it. You do feel a little bad, though, as someone standing there for 90 minutes and you just stroll on past them and you get on the ride and it's like. But do you? I kind of. I mean, not but really. Do, Susie, but do you? No. On the way home from L.A., we had a, a late night flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were bad storms in the Indianapolis area the other day and uh, we were flying into that. And so the turbulence oh, yeah. was pretty nasty on the plane. And Ollie, my nine year old daughter, turns <laughs> to us and says, uh. Are there, uh, cause she's looking concerned cause turbulence, you know, when you won't fly a lot, it'll scare you. And she yeah. goes, are there enough, uh, parachutes on this thing for everybody? <laughs> Ollie. And of course, uh, we're like, no, no. Oh, and she goes, well, we, we have parachutes then. Right. <gasps> and, uh, and I go, no, no oh. planes don't have parachutes. Then she goes, well, that means if. If the plane starts to crash, then, and then she just gets her look on this face of just like this realization, right? Like, like she just realized. Yeah. Oh. Hi. Oh, Ollie. Oh, very sad. Just the like the strike of fear in a nine-year-old's eyes of what happens if the plane starts to go down. Yeah. So that was a happy moment. Anyway. <laughs> Great vacation. Uh, so hopefully. 
you've calculated your power percentage today. And uh, what I'd love you to do is just email it to us. Like, I'm just curious, just as, as an, an act of accountability. So email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com, askpete at petetheplanner.com, subject line, power percentage, and then in the, put your power percentage. Your power percentage is likely not above 45% or so, okay? So if, if you're getting numbers in excess of 45%, check your math. Check your math. Uh, it's not likely. Don't come back to me like, my power percentage is 280%. No, it's not. You're not good at math. That's what that means. Um, and by the way, you can also send us your power percentage on Twitter. Go to at Pete the Planner uh, and just say, hey, my power percentage is this. And you can also not call our office. So don't call us. Please don't call us. Don't call us. We won't call you. We're that's not the, our, that's our new false slogan. Information. Uh, all right. Well, that's all we have time for this week. Nicole, I think we're going to do a show before you go to Coachella. I think we are. Yeah. In the next Monday. Well, on Monday. Yeah. I think we're going to, I've been thinking about the topic. I think we're going to do like how to back off your finances a little bit and have fun and live a little. Yeah. I like that. All right, so that's it. That's all we have time for. Sending good vibes because good vibes are all in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is Pete the Planner Show. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money right, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound to travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?